almost 25 years ago, uh, Michael Summers started the company, and that was um, the initial developments of Nesda Truck. Welcome to the Company Growth Podcast. This is the Company Growth Podcast. This is Alicia Dominico. I'm your host, Alicia Dominico. Delilah, I'm so pleased that you're here today. I want to talk to you and I want to pick your brain about all of the things that people can learn from you, which is largely about HR, finances, and what it's like to be in the high-paced world of a SaaS company in a rural, sort of smaller urban Ontario and having a worldwide reach. What's the story of how you've grown over the years? Oh, wow. Um, okay, so very briefly, I guess uh, 25, almost 25 years ago, um, Michael Summers started the company, and that was um, the initial developments of Nesda Track, which is one of our um, healthcare pieces of software. Um, from there, it kind of grew into on-site service and support, and then we started developing more products, um, growing more large as far as uh, the number of clients that we had from a network uh, service um, perspective. Um, and then we ended up that we decided that with virtualization of, of things in the in the world, in the workplace, uh, a technology field, that um, it just made sense that we had our own data centers. So we actually built two of our own data centers, which are located in Ontario, Canada. And um, from there, we kind of went to development of more products. We got into um, all kinds of, of cloud opportunities, virtual backups, um, Office 365, semantic, that type of thing. Um, everything that's available through any type of data center, such as the, you know, the, the, the bigger ones of the world, the Googles and the Rogers and the Telluses of the world, um, we also provide. And um, we've just continued to grow from there. We've got less than 20 employees and we manage over 800 clients, primarily Ontario, but across Canada, some into the States. Fantastic. That's a really good summary. Thank you for providing it. There's a really interesting piece that you said there that I think we kind of get caught up in this world where everybody is so excited in business about SaaS and creating a SaaS model. But what I like is that you guys kind of started there with software and then you went back and added in or you, you added to your suite you added in services, um, you know, like actual visitation and on-site services. Tell me about that decision. Um, that just seemed to kind of fit with when, um, in the, in the first few years, of course, it was, it was Michael running the company and, and dealing with, uh, programming for several clients. And then he made connections with some of the right people that it just seemed to fit that, um, also, you know, hand in hand with the software, we can also do on-site service and support. So some of the clients who were using the software were local and um, turned into needing on-site service and support. And again, Michael just made some of the right connections and some of the right people ended up working for him. And it's just been expanding from there ever since. And do you think that that was uh, an easy period of growth or what are some of the bumps that you guys have experienced along the way? I'm interested in, in how people and companies find this hardship before them, but then they come through, you know, there's, there's that opportunity on the other side that you makes you, you've become better because of that growing pain. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for sure. I mean, uh, regardless of, you know, what type of company y you own or, or um, you know, what type of service or product you provide, when you start expanding into other fields, I'm sure that there are huge bumps along the way. And we've, we've experienced that as well. Um, in the end, what it came down to initially is, and still to this day, we, we have worked with so many uh, nonprofits and we recognize the limitations as far as funding is concerned and we understand where their funding comes from. Um, the amount of work that goes into the fundraisers that they do so that they can actually uh, afford to continue providing their own services and products. So I, I think because of the fact that it was initially a, a nonprofit that Michael was working with, that's we just had the ability to be able to expand further in that market. Mm -hmm. um, we recognize again that, that you know, the limitations of, of uh, you know, a, a bank situation or a financial situation. And um, we've maintained very lasting, including from day one, we still have clients that uh, um, Michael brought on board when he originally started the company almost 25 years ago. And it really is a testament to, I believe, who we have working with us. And I don't want to say for us, but who, who um, you know, the employees, and they also help to run this company and they keep it going the way that they do because of the relationships that have been de developed with clients. That's, that's, there's so much there. I mean, one, on one hand, you've taken something that, you know, you're bumping up against a client that you want to work with, but they've got these funding troubles. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to get paid, you found a way to work through that in an intelligent way that then you could turn into a strength to open yourself up to develop a niche in that nonprofit world. I think Absolutely. that's, that's yeah. one amazing growth pain that you figured out um, that everybody can learn from. And then the second thing is finding the right people. And I know that's, that's your background in, in hiring people and finding good fit people. So, so talk about how, like, what are the processes that you utilize to recognize good fit people? And maybe also how do you encourage them to maintain relationships that sustain the business? Well, um, recognizing good people. Um, first of all, I'll say it's, it's, this isn't utopia. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, a, it's not an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, however, one of the practices that we adopted early on with my being with the company, I've been with the company on now just going on 10 years. Um, so I can't speak to how Michael managed things prior to my being here, but, um, we, we took on the, um, opportunity to actually have conversations with people who were replying to positions that we had posted. Um, we try not to go down the path of, you know, the, those regular behavioral questions. And I mean, there is a time and place absolutely for those and, and the regular processes that everybody is aware of that, you know, you've got your phone interviews and then you have your sit down interviews and then you have your behavioral questions and then you've got your testing that you do. Mm -hmm. um, we just found that if we started the initial meeting as something very casual, let's just talk about you, let's talk about the company, let's talk about how we work, let's talk about how we would envision a typical day for you coming on board, and whether or not you, you have a fit. And I'm a firm believer in telling people when they walk in the door that I understand fully that they're not only, we are not only interviewing them, they're interviewing us, and they have every right to do that. It's a pretty modern thought, though, and I think a lot of companies aren't quite there yet to think about um, how, you know, they're not even necessarily, people aren't even aware right now necessarily that it is such a low availability talent market. 
And when it is a low availability talent market, that means that employees get to choose particularly who they work for because, you know, jobs are plentiful, but people are not. Exactly. Exactly. And I I think that that casual conversation, um, when I was younger, I feel like there was this conversation in the 80s, maybe about uh, workplace and creating your own job. And you're almost talking, not quite, but you're almost talking about a model where you let people get to know you and then sort of encourage them to create their space in your company almost before the job posting. But it sounds like you guys made the job posting, but you wanted to sort of just have that start the relationship with someone before you would actually take them on. Agreed. Um, yes, that's, that's, that's certainly how, how we, we view it. Um, again, I'm, I'm not in any way, uh, shy when it comes to sitting down with somebody that is potentially looking at working for us and and making sure that they they know that I am prepared for you are here to interview us too um, it needs to be a good fit it needs to be that you're going to be happy here um, you know we've got a certain atmosphere which most companies do regardless of what type of atmosphere that is and uh, we talk a bit about that as well um, the you had also mentioned something about how do we um, ensure that we're managing client relationships with, um, you know, when we bring people on board. Mm-hmm. We typically will try to keep the same uh, tech slash programmers, regardless of which part of our, our business you're, you're talking about, working with um, the same clients. They, they start developing a rapport with one another as well. And um, we try and make it so that there's a good fit. I mean, on occasion, we do get busy and, you know, we send people out to do some uh, service and support, for example, um, who um, may not exactly have the same rapport that's that another technician has with that client, um, but for the most part, it's it is about client relationships and making sure that there's a, a level of respect there from both sides. Yeah, and then that's part of that's just part of your process when you are um, hiring people is is seeing that they can handle rapport or before you kind of like I want I'm interested in the scalable model here like how many people are the ones working on site and are you sort of testing for their ability to build rapport with your clients as part of the interviewing process? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, we do talk uh, through the interview process about the number of clients that we do have, the types of clients that we do have. And by types, I mean whether they're, they're non-profit and we, you know, we need to make sure that when we're going on site, um, you know, you'll recognize. So we always talk about an RPOS, which is our responsible person on site. So the tech will go on site and they'll let the RPOS typically know that they're there. There's Each client has their own way of how they want things done. So some want the tech to walk in the door and announced to the RPOS, here I am, I'm ready to get started on these particular jobs. Um, and so we give them that that um, bit of information ahead of time so that they know already a little bit about the rapport and what the expectations are from the RPOS. Cool. And I, I mean, this is similar. You're kind of talking about something that we do at Tangible Words, and I'm interested if, if we're doing it the same way that you're doing it. So whenever we have a new, a new person who's working with one of our clients, we have a writer's resources file that we make to train them up on the client so that they don't need to ask any newbie style questions, you know, that they're ready to go. Um, and then we have checklists that we follow in terms of how we service. Is that, is that a best practice that you guys are using too? Or are you doing something maybe a bit more innovative than that? 
um, I wouldn't necessarily call it more innovative. We do definitely have certain checklists in place. Um, we have so many things that happen on the fly around here that unfortunately we don't have the opportunity to do a lot of ahead of time prep with, for example, a tech who's going on site. Um, uh, for example, two weeks out, we can't do that. It's just not, not the way that we work and and you know there's a lot of fires that that are being put out on a consistent basis that's what your um, clients need you for is to put out the fire so they didn't know what the problem was going to be suddenly they just need you is that what you mean right right yeah. So pri just prior to a tech, maybe it's the day before or the day of, even sometimes it's just a brief conversation with, listen, this is the expectation when you go on site. This is who you need to talk to. Um, this is what you can be prepared for. Um, so it's it's kind of on the fly stuff. But again, we've just we've got so many clients that have been with us for so long now that it doesn't take long for that rapport to get developed um, when a new tech is coming on. Because they already trust the brand. Right. That's pretty cool. That's that's a neat that's a neat and an admirable thing to be able to develop in a market where you're so well known and trusted that it doesn't matter who you send in. The brand has um, has loyalty already built into it. I think a lot of of companies would would really be inspired and hope to cultivate that with their clients as well. Right. It's uh, it's it's. It's t it takes time. It's um, certainly, I mean, again, the company's been around for 25 years. Michael um, Michael Summers in and of himself is a brand. You know, people know him. He's uh, been very involved in the community. The company tries to stay involved in the community. We're involved in all kinds of associations. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the name of the company and Michael um, really is important for all of us to main, maintain in, in, a, in a positive light. We're not going to make everybody on this planet happy. We recognize that. That, that would be a, a, a silly expectation. Um, but again, we're, we're consistently out there. We're involved in, in all kinds of um, things that are going on that are not relative to the company, and it's not about sales. Mm -hmm. It's about relationships. Absolutely. And also, I think probably enjoying it. You started the, you're a big part person who helped start the QTA. Uh, the Quinney Technology Association, yes. You were a big instigator. And, and obviously, I think you're also functioning in the president role there, aren't you? That's correct. And so doing something like that, you know, I think one of the things that you were saying, there was a lot of fear that maybe we had, we're all tech companies, we have more to compete over than we do in common. But in the end, you decided that to be a group and to be a collective voice, it was more important. And so we should all get together and actually, um, you know, be a group that is that is visible because it's it's better for all of us in the tech sector. And we're not really competing. There's just so many niche markets out there. But being in business for 25 years is interesting because I know that you guys aren't resting on your laurels. So talk about, you know, after being a company that's got all of this wonderful stuff behind you, you're still chasing the beast. There's still, there's still an urge to continue. So what's next? Um, well, we've actually started approximately a year and a half ago, um, really focusing on other geographic areas as far as markets are concerned. Um, and, not so much because we've completely saturated where we are, obviously, and we, we can't geographically go too far as far as network support is concerned. Um, but having data centers really allows us to be able to move outside of the um, local area across Ontario, across Canada, into the States. Um, we've got a really good understanding of 
of Canadian laws and and you know following everything as far as Pippita is concerned and and personal personal information, personally identifiable information, personal health information, um, and we understand that that's across North America. So that's that's a really large market, and uh, we've put a lot of thought into how are we going to do this. We've done a lot of planning. We've done a lot of um, changes to the planning. You know, we've we've made some attempts into, uh, you know, as far as how do we move into um, other areas that we currently aren't in. And um, when we find something doesn't work, we just kind of change gears and, and we keep moving along and, and find another strategy. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Bye.